We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. It is my grand fortune to be your host for this audio affair. But as always, your good fortune includes the fact that I do not do this alone. I do it with friends. Mine and yours is here once again, Dolomite D2 Dave Martinez joins me in the virtual studio. Hello, D2. Hello, and welcome back. And uh, to all of our listeners, same thing. Welcome back. We are we we did take a break, and we're going to proceed um, with our you know uh, regular scheduled uh, time, where every two weeks we'll be releasing a new podcast with a new guest. So uh, you know, I'll throw it back to you because there's a reason we took a break, and some may be aware of it, and some may not. That is true. And and obviously, this is unscripted. The good news about a podcast, I guess, D2, is we can always redo it depending on, on how this goes. But in the spirit of transparency and, quite frankly, really deep gratitude for those of you who know why we did take our hiatus as this year began, you already perhaps are aware of why I say deep gratitude and, and how true that is. For those of you who do not know, but just know that we were off air and unable to deliver those episodes every two weeks like we had previously done. I will tell you that on January 12th, my life, now what I will say, changed for the better based on what I've learned and just some things that are going to only allow me to, to maybe reset and recommit to priorities that I think every once in a while, all, all of us are at risk of, of, of not recognizing their importance, if not on a daily basis, perhaps at least every once in a while. But my son, my oldest child was involved in an accident. And when I got the news, I was in Atlanta. Some know that I live a little bit of a dichotomous existence where my family and I have a little bit of a micro business in Blue Ridge. And obviously my core business and reason for existence, I believe in Atlanta, where I spend a solid amount of time as well. My son ended up being life flighted from the accident scene to Northeast Georgia Medical Center in Gainesville, Georgia, as I made the trip from Atlanta to meet the rest of my family there. I got a sense of how severe the accident was, in fact, and this is the part that uh, still makes it difficult to recall to uh, really any great degree and, and just simply being told that that we were um, best suited to maybe say our goodbyes to my son. And yet I will tell you with the gratitude that that was not the final chapter. And now here we are going on three months later and my son is doing really, really well and expected to make a, a full recovery. One of his friends in the accident did not make it. Um, recently got news that where the accident occurred, there's going to be an intersection named in her honor but to say that it was a very difficult season in my life would certainly be true. And yet what I want to share with everyone, and I think we saw glimpses of this last year, certainly as the virus emerged to such a great degree, as we experienced the unrest, as we had to come to terms with the racial inequity in our own society, let alone this lifestyle, that people who are part of the Atlanta area fitness community, the run, the walk communities, they come together and it's a powerful force when they do. We saw that. I had a chance to just kind of observe it to some degree from afar with these instances that were, if not national, maybe even international headlines. And now having witnessed it firsthand, I cannot tell you how awesome it is. It is a force of power maybe like no other when the Atlanta area fitness community comes together. I had support and encouragement, prayers, and just, gosh, unabated kindness come from, yes, the Big Peach Running Company organization. This is such a special place, and that was on full display. Our industry, no doubt, the number of other retailers and our manufacturing partners who reached out or did something that 
so special that we'll never forget. Even other retailers, those in the Atlanta market, even who some would say conventionally are considered competitors to Big Peach Running Company, their thoughts and prayers were just so inspiring and, and such an awesome way to see how we do come together. And then just the community in general and all the notes and well wishes that we received from those who had shopped in our store or who had been part of group runs or I've met personally along the way. And I cannot tell you how true it is that those measures truly carried my family and I through what was a very difficult season. And now as a way for us to that we make something special happen from that time and from the pain that not only my family, but other families have experienced. So thank you for everything that you did. Thank you for the example that you set. And obviously thank you for impacting change in me and in our community that certainly is, is for the better. How about that D2? How'd I do? My goodness. Well, that, yeah, you, you did, you did very well. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're all very glad and pleased that things turned out, you know, best for you and for your family. Um, because, you know, um, you know, I've, I've met your son, I've met your family, you know, I've spent the night over your house and, and, you know, I've, yep. I've seen him, I've almost seen like, you know, yeah, I'm seeing your kids grow up. So, you know, when something like that happens, it, it not only happens to you, it happens to, to me and to the rest of us in the organization. And as you said, you know, those within the Atlanta running community, um, you know, especially I was, you know, surprised, uh, or maybe I shouldn't have been, but pleased with the, you know, with the response that I saw through social media, the concern, um, because that's where I saw it. And like you said, even from people that we would say would, would we would consider within the Atlanta, you know, um, market, our competitors also reached out and, and shared the news and their well wishes. And, and to me, that was, that was so wonderful because we truly are a community. We can compete the same way we, when we show up on, on the race start, you know, we're competing against each other and we're competing against the clock. But once we cross, you know, we can, you know, embrace at least not right now but we can be friends we can be competitors and and still be friends and part of this community um that yeah that you know just atlanta is just so awesome well and and what of course with the accident happening on january 12th and everything that was going on to some degree now a distant memory if you're reading old newspaper headlines if a newspaper even exists your digital sources of news it was a contentious time and maybe some of that still carries forward as we now get into April. What I will tell you is my opening bid, if not previously, certainly from this day forward, is humanity is good. And I know that sometimes we have to change our bid based on what we see or what we learn or what we feel or experience. But my opening bid for sure with everything that was done for my family and I is humanity is so good. Kindness, it does win in the end and during the difficulty and um my gosh we're just so much better for it and again thanks to everything you know d2 one thing that's not going to change now that we are delayed in terms of our cadence with the run atl podcast this year we decided to leave the order of featured conversations in place the number one conversation we were going to have our kickoff conversation for 2021 was going to be Rich Kana, Executive Director of the Atlanta Track Club, Race Director for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. We thought, man, with so much swirling around, that would be a great place to start. I think somewhat uniquely, but nonetheless, certainly we're better off having this conversation as we come into April than we would have been going into January. Heck, even you now have some additional commentary you could provide based on the fact that you did the Publix Georgia Marathon Half Marathon Weekend in modified fashion, but could talk to Rich about that, and it gives us a better sense of where we're headed. Yeah, I mean, the the, the track club has done a great job um, with the way they've been able to put on races and social distancing and just different protocols to keep everyone safe. And I didn't witness it till the first time was at the you know Publix Half Marathon Weekend. And, um, yeah, I had a great race and, you know, the venue was unique, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Um, because, you know, how often can you say that you, uh, ran and finished, you know, on a NASCAR track, you know, um, this will probably be the, the only time that that will ever happen. You know, God willing, there's no other pandemic in our near future. Um, <laughs> so that was unique. And just to see the, the organization, the amount of work and preparation and the way they executed, um, they did just a phenomenal job. 
Um, and as, as I'm sure other races have been, you know, have been also been doing their best to, to do, but, you know, I haven't been part of any other, you know, race in person, done some virtual races, um, but nothing in person. This was my first one and was, you know, you know, a year prior, you know, was the last race I had done, which was Publix again. So Publix, you know, 2020 was the last race I actually did in person, you know, with the, you know, that whole, you know, Atlanta Marathon weekend with the U.S. Olympic trials uh, on Saturday and Publix on Sunday. Um, so a year later, here we are, you know, and I'm out racing and, and it was different. It was safe. Um, you know, there was, you know, everyone was spread out, but it was also, you lacked a bit of the crowd support. You lacked a little bit of the energy of being in a corral kind of packed. But once again, those are things that had to happen in order for this to take place in a safe, uh, environment. So, um, you know, obviously I was able to share some of that commentary with Rich and, you know, even some kudos to him for, for, you know, kind of, you know, he's just one of those guys that will pitch in no matter, you know, where he's needed. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that both you and Rich share, share in, in some qualities there. Um, even though he's executive director, he's, he's out there and he's, you know, parking cars, he's directing traffic, he's going wherever he's needed. Um, and, um, you know, cause I, I wanted to say something to him while I was out there, but he was busy. I didn't want to hold up traffic and, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> let him do what he's doing. You know, it's like, I don't need to, you know, uh, you know, throw a kink into any of the, uh, of the, you know, traffic that's going on, uh, by stopping. So, you know, that was all great. And, you know, now going into, uh, you know, ADC Peachtree Road Race, you know, season where, you know, we're announcing, you know, the dates, you know, and, you know, there was, uh, you know, concern whether it was going to happen or not. And, and having that conversation with Rich, which is a little bit more details on the plans going into um, the ADC Peachtree Road Race. Um, also, I think, you know, back in January um, when or February, where I think we were talking, you know, planning originally, we didn't know a lot of the details of what was going on. We were optimistic, but I do feel like we're even more optimistic now based on the recent, you know, uh, things in the headlines where at least here in the state of Georgia, you know, anyone over 16 is eligible for, you know, vaccination. I actually have my first, you know, uh, shot scheduled for tomorrow, uh, the day after taping this podcast. So, you, we, you know, we should start seeing a lot more people being vaccinated to where it becomes safer. It doesn't mean that the track club, I think, is going to reduce, you know, um, protocol, safety protocols. But I do think it just means that we're getting closer to that, that time where we can start experiencing uh, races like we had, you know, prior to, to the pandemic. Indeed. And yet, of course, there is nothing like the world's largest 10K. That has been the history of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. We talk about much more than the, just that event with Rich and our conversation. We're going to bring it to you uninterrupted. We're going to do it right after this brief message, do not go anywhere. Rich Canal upon return. At Big Peach Running Company, we know that not everyone identifies themselves as a runner. Running isn't about a start or finish line. It's not about time or pace. It's freedom. It's a break. It's time for yourself. We take pride in listening to your needs. We make sure you get the right shoes so you can get back to enjoying your time. Big Peach Running Company has been voted as one of the best running stores in America by people like you. Visit us at any of our seven Metro Atlanta area locations or visit us at BigPeachRunningCo.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. Slightly delayed, but always something we look forward to. Rich Kana now joins us, Executive Director of the Atlanta Track Club. We've been looking forward to having this conversation, certainly bringing it to you for way too long. Let's delay no longer. Rich, hello, sir. Hey, Mike. How are you? I am good. 2021, man, what an adventure it already is. And as I said to you before we fired up the mic, who better to talk about past, present, and future than you? But before we get into that, how are you doing? It's awesome to see the backdrop of the Atlanta Track Club offices, although your door is closed and it appears that you are there either in your office or perhaps in all of the offices by yourself. But seriously, man, how is everything going? Things things are going as good as they could be uh, could be expected, I guess, and under the circumstances. A, you know, a year a year into our pandemic, yes, I am sitting in my office. I do have the door closed. When the door opens, I, I put on my mask. Uh, we do have some staff back here in the office, uh, and we are we are slowly cranking up the engine uh, and and hopeful that uh, that the uh, the clouds are parting, if you will. 
uh, and uh, a new normal of, of, of racing and, and coming together uh, within the sport will happen soon. That's awesome. Well, and I hear you say cranking up the engine, but I think those of us who know you and know the Atlanta Track Club, maybe in terms of people coming back to your offices, they're slowly cranking it up. But in terms of all that you're doing for the community and for all of the runners and the walkers and fitness enthusiasts, you are fully cranked and seems like have much going on. I would love to dive into that. And if I did anything, Rich, but not lead with Peachtree, I would imagine we'd have some angry listeners. So I'm going to look into the future first. I want to talk about some cool things you've done in the past. Certainly we'll talk about the present, but to make sure we disappoint no one. AJC Peachtree Road Race. Two days this year, many people have read the headlines. What is it that you might remind us or that you might now tell us for the first term in terms, first time in terms of what we should anticipate as we march through the next couple of months, anticipating some AJC Peachtree Road Race for 2021. Yeah, so I think what I what I would love to just spread to the running community is is we as an organization, Atlanta Track Club, have prioritized two things. Number one, getting back to an in-person Peachtree, uh, and number two, doing that Peachtree on the weekend of the Fourth of July. Uh, and and if we've learned anything over this last year. Uh, is you really need to pick your battles and, and you can't get too far over your skis in terms of trying to make predictions about the future. Um, but we are confident in, in those two facts um, that we'll be able to do that. What we're less confident in is to be able to say, we're going to have X number of people uh, involved in Peachtree this year. We are going to, as you said, spread it out over two days. So the days of the week work in our favor in 2021. Saturday is July 3rd. Sunday is July 4th. So, so if you love Peachtree and it's a one day event, just think about how great this year is going to be when Peachtree is going to happen twice on back to back days. And obviously the thought process is to spread people out as much as we can over sort of two identical race mornings so that we return people to that tradition that they know around their 4th of July. Well, and as people think about that two-day event and you return to the tradition, what are you already maybe aware of that will be very similar if you have your way, fully understanding, like you said, you cannot predict the future. None of us can. Certainly, we're seemingly unwise to try to do so these days. But then what maybe is going to be different or just needs to be different, knowing that you're planning now and with the uncertainty of things, you're already having to make decisions, even if it's different than what it was in 2019 and maybe years before. So we're going to lean into, into this. We're known as the world's largest 10K. And I would ask everyone to, to put that moniker aside for 2021. We'll get back there. We may be this year. Who knows? Um, but we're, we're focused on being the world's safest 10K. And the way the calendar lines up, it's very likely that we will be one of the first large endurance participation events uh, in the United States, potentially around the world. So we need to make sure that we do this thing right. Uh, and we do it in a way that we build confidence, not only for those in the community to come together in a responsible way, but for those in the running industry locally, regionally, nationally, internationally, to see that this can be done and in a way, again, that is safe and responsible for participants, volunteers, sponsors, first responders, and every other constituent group that comes together for, for an event like this. So, so that's, that's what I would say is number one. Number, number two, I would suggest that the event will be reflective of what it has traditionally been to Atlanta. A day, a weekend, when the community comes together in mass, maybe in mass might be a little bit smaller this year, but in mass to celebrate Independence Day, the 4th of July, in a way that only Atlanta can. And if you've participated in the Peachtree, stood at the start line, stood at the finish line, you see a representative sample of the city of Atlanta. And that, that is, that is the highlight 
of my year every year. And I can't wait to get back to that uh, in terms of things that are going to be different. So I would start with getting to the start line. Uh, we are going to have smaller start waves. We're going to have more time in between start waves. Uh, we're going to have health checks to get to the start line. We're going to require you to wear a mask to get to the start line. All of those extra little elements or tweaks or changes are going to feel a little bit foreign and probably, quite frankly, are going to be a pain in the neck. But if we do them right, then we do the peach tree justice. Uh, and we give the entire running community, uh, a step in the right direction. Same thing at the finish line. Come across the line, we're going to ask you to put on a mask. Uh, we're we're going to ask you to not hang around at Park Tavern for the Atlanta Track Club member party. We're going to ask you to go home and enjoy the 4th of July in a way that is socially distant as recommended when we get to that time. Because let's face it, we don't exactly know what the recommendations are going to be come July 3rd and July 4th. Oh, I love that. And one of the things that you said, Rich, that I also love is the acknowledgement that once again, Atlanta, through the efforts of the Atlanta Track Club, really leading the way for the industry. You're already very aware, seemingly, that eyes will be on Atlanta on July 4th, the preparations leading into, the activities the day of, and the results following are going to have impact in and around local events and large scale events for quite some time, I would imagine. How is your team handling that level of visibility and quite frankly, a different kind of pressure with all that already comes with having that race on July 4th? Well, we've had a year to rest up to get ready for it, I guess. <laughs> as we can look at it. Uh, in all seriousness, I, I think I and the rest of our staff and the volunteer community probably felt the most amount of pressure that we have had, at least in my time here, at last year's America's Marathon Weekend, the Olympic trials and the Publix Atlanta Marathon, because we knew the eyes of the Atlanta running community and the national running community, the Olympic movement were, were on us. Uh, and we felt that it was, it was a, a privilege to be able to execute that event. This is going to be a similar kind of pressure because we know what is riding on it, but it's going to be a, a, a pressure that we kind of sort of are more familiar with as a result of the routines of Peachtree. Peachtree's happened for 50 years. So there's a lot that will still be a bit of that plug and play that our staff and our volunteer base understands. Wow. Very cool. Very well said. Tactically speaking, let me ask you about a couple of things that I know people would be curious about what about elite athletes and some of that most competitive field that we're oftentimes used to seeing at the peach tree? It's a great question. So again, we are leaning into what we know and what we don't know. Uh, and what we know is that peach tree has a tradition of having some very fast folks, men and women, wheelchair athletes, men and women at the front of this race. We will continue to have those athletes. Those elite invitational waves will happen on the morning of the 4th, so on Sunday morning. Uh, and we anticipate, as far as the foot race goes, only inviting American athletes uh, in 2021 to keep our risk down in the area of COVID transmission. So domestic travel uh, will allow us to create uh, a, a, a more hermetically sealed bubble uh, to make sure those athletes uh, uh, arrive healthy, uh, participate healthy, and leave healthy. So if we think about those athletes and then we think about some of the gathering of, let's just call us recreational athletes, what about an expo? You already mentioned Park Tavern. On the backside, what about the members party? How about those two activities that we look forward to as kind of bookends to our Peachtree experience? Sure. So let's let's start with the member party. The member party, we've made that difficult decision now uh, to suspend the member party for this year. Okay. Uh, we 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 continue to hope and and project that outdoor activities on July 3rd and July 4th 
will 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 be healthy. Will will be recommended. Will be embraced. The park tavern is this hybrid space that has indoor and outdoor space, and you've got uh, you know twenty some odd thousand members of Atlanta Track Club, uh, and we just don't feel comfortable creating that level of density in that environment. Conversely, the Expo, the Expo is a big part of, of the Peachtree tradition. Uh, we do plan to have the Expo uh, and we will spread the Expo over four days. Uh, so we will have two days the weekend before. So that's Saturday, Sunday, I believe that's the 26th and 27th. Uh, and then we will have it on July 1 and July 2. And we will return to the Georgia World Congress Center, Hall C, for that expo experience. Now, it will be more functional than celebratory in 2021. Uh, we want to make sure that we give enough space for people, all ages, all speeds, uh, to pick up their race number, again, without that, that density of, uh, of, of people that would make those there uncomfortable. Mm. So in short, having the expo, requiring race number there, we are not delivering race numbers via our partner UPS this year. So you have two options when you register. You can either pick up your race number at the expo or you can have a, an option in the registration path pop up where you can pick it up on race morning up at the start line. Wow, that already makes my hands sweat perhaps a little bit thinking about race day packet pickup. I won't dive into that. I'm sure you guys are still working on the details to some degree, and I'm also certain you've already thought it through and you've got ideas as how to make it work. But what I will ask, of course, is everybody loves the statistics that are associated with your aid stations, the volume that traditionally is part of how much water and power aid you distribute, how many aid stations there are, quite frankly, for a race of its size, how easy they are to access. Last question for you, Rich. What about aid stations? How do you pull that mastery off? To your point, still, all of this is still a work in progress. So, so I guess I would reserve the right to, 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 to make changes from what I'm saying today. Uh, but it's more likely than not that we will, at our aid stations, our fluid stations at the Petri this year, only provide water in closed containers. Okay. And we will recommend that participants start with a water bottle in hand. That should allow us to move down the street uh, with relative ease. Uh, and if you have your own water bottle, you can take a closed container, pour that water into your own water bottle uh, and continue on down the street. Now, when you do that, you create a significant amount of clutter and litter and garbage on the ground. So working through the details and Petri is known for its operational sort of acumen, uh, the details of how people are going to discard those plastic water bottles, number one, so that they, they, they move to the side of the road, but also a plan on what we're going to do with those plastics after the race. Well, that's a, a perfect segue. You gave me one earlier. I'll still comment on it, but I'll say it's a perfect segue because I know in our stores, we have something from the Atlanta Track Club Common Ground Initiative. So I'm going to transition topics here. The original segue I was going to utilize was, I think, what we would all not only agree is true, but be very enthusiastic about. And that is the Atlanta track clubs leadership on behalf of all of Atlanta with what you're doing for the running industry. There's another note that could be sung here. And that is Atlanta also continues to be very much in the spotlight as it relates to racial challenges, racial tragedy, the desire for racial equity. And I know you and I have had these conversations. We've talked about Common Ground, those benches that are now in every one of our stores for those who have not yet seen them. Make a visit to your local Big Peach Running Company, even if you're not looking 
to purchase something and see this cool project from a peach tree gone by in terms of what can be done with recycled bottles. But Rich, if we stay on this racial equity that you and I have tremendous enthusiasm for both personally and organizationally, once again, we find ourselves now we're not talking about our black brothers and sisters like a lot of the conversation seemingly transpired towards the end of last year and of course last summer. More recently, the Asian community with the tragedy and you, the Atlanta Track Club, took action almost immediately. I had something in my inbox from the Atlanta Track Club indicating that you stood united and were partnering with those and were demonstrating on behalf of the entire running community the spirit of how the running community should treat everyone. What is that like for you now as we continue to navigate not only what is helpful, but quite frankly, what is meaningful as it relates to seeing change in and around our sport, in and around our own organizations, and ultimately in and around the communities that are around this sport and around our organizations. What is it like for the Atlanta Track Club these days in that arena? So, as you know, we, we could do an entire session on just on just this topic sure. um, yep. in our conversation you know, back in the summertime. You know, you and I both both spoke on this. I I I talked about the track clubs, you know, commitment to this journey on and around learning more about racial equity as it relates to the running community and knowing that if if we can get the running community headed in the right direction, literally and figuratively on this, that mm -hmm. that the circles that the running community touch could could, could touch additional communities. There are different groups out in the Atlanta metro area. Uh, and we have done uh, a lot of soul searching, a lot of work in this area since our last conversation, but we've only begun to scratch the surface uh, of actually moving the needle uh, in and on the area of action. So you reference our, our bench project, Common Ground. We've had more than two dozen conversations with organizations like Big Peach Running to um, Center for Civil and Human Rights, to the Atlanta Police Department and everybody in between. Uh, and, and we're taking those conversations and, and listening and learning. Our, our DEI committee here at the Track Club is made of a combination of both staff and board now. Uh, and, and that has allowed us to, to, to really move back and forth amongst issues uh, that, that that I deal with as a leader of the organization, that the rank and file staff do, that our volunteers uh, deal with every day, as, as well as our governance structure and our, and our board. You reference, and, and I'm, I'm sort of just all over the place on this, but you, you referenced this past week. Uh, and and I'd, I'd love to be really honest about this past week. When, you know, when you, when initially saw the news, I was actually on a, on a call and, and, and didn't, hear the news of, about the, the murders here in Atlanta. Uh, and it did not strike me immediately as something the track club should get involved in. And, and then 24 hours later, sort of, sort of laboring, thinking uh, myself and those here on the staff on sort of how, how do we react? And the track club for the first time this past year, stepped in a conversation on race. And we did that because Ahmaud Arbery was killed when he was running. And we didn't see a real connection with these hate crimes, this, this hate that was sort of thrown at the Asian community uh, as, as one that touched the running community specifically. Um, so, so we struggled. Uh, but then we saw an event on Saturday that was bringing the running community together around rallying around the, you know, this topic, this hashtag of, of stop Asian hate. And it, again, it was this light bulb moment for me that, Hey, the running community, even though this, this didn't happen at a race, it, it, they, these people weren't runners, the running community can come together and, and share that common ground, that common bond that we have and generally do good in the community. And, and people who aren't runners sort of probably look at me and say, hey, it's just running. And, and I just disagree with that. 
if we have to get a heck of a lot more out of our running than, than, you know, just losing weight or lowering our, our resting heart rate, which I've said a bunch of times now. And I just, and I love the fact that Atlanta is willing to have this conversation in the running community. And I recognize that it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, both at Atlanta track club uh, and at big peach running company stores, I'm sure. But if we keep pushing it and someone said this, keep, don't push people away, but keep pushing the conversation. Uh, and that's what we're doing. Well, we, we certainly applaud you. We recognize the quick action. And even though it wasn't connected in the same way that was the case with Mr. Arbery and our sport, the reality is, is this activity is so pervasive. Running, walking, fitness, there are very few things that are as pervasive in our society, if not commitment to our fitness and wellness, at least a desire for it. I just think it has so many possibilities, not just to make a statement, but to help influence and impact real change. So kudos to you and your team for that. And I get that there's still a ton of work to be done. I'll be very transparent for those who have not seen the Atlanta track club common ground series, put that into your browser. You'll find all kinds of cool interviews and conversations that rich and his team has had with different influences traditionally in and around Atlanta, both with terms of history as well as the possibilities for change in the future. Do not miss that. But Rich, one of the things you and I committed to was kind of looking at ourselves candidly. And I can say right now, we still have a ton of work, but some of the things we've done tactically in and around hiring practices or maybe even more so recruitment practices, I've been really pleased with the initial returns maybe because we were starting at such a low bar, we couldn't help but make some progress, but at least to get some favorable response initially has been pretty cool. And if nothing else, an encouragement to just keep going. How about for you? What is something that you can say, you already mentioned adding board and staff to a DEI committee, super cool. Anything else that you can say you've already done? And then I'm gonna attach this. What's one thing that you've committed to for the future, meaning maybe two zero two one sometime this year, even though it's undone that you would go on record as saying, Hey, we're working on it. Yeah. There's a lot to pull apart there. So before 2020, we, we had a diversity and inclusion committee, but, but we, and we talked about this, we worked really slow, tiptoed forward, didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And, and so, and, and now we sort of thrown caution in the wind and said, Hey, we're in this. You're, you're, you're either anti-racist, or you're not. Uh, so, so we've embraced that as as our as our as our role in the running community. Specifically, our our committee has has sort of morphed into a, a main committee, but but subcommittee. So we've got one subcommittee that that is focused on on bringing in a coach facilitator that helps us at a staff level have this conversation. We have a partnership subcommittee which is examining every relationship that we have with every organization from a vendor and a, and a sponsor perspective uh, to, to figure out what's, what sort of bully pulpit we sort of occupy and, and how we can move the needle with other sort of like-minded organizations. Uh, and then the last thing, and this sort of answers your going forward, the Atlanta Track Club was born in 1964 around the support of high school track and field and cross country, honoring uh, the, the best of the best runners, jumpers, and throwers at our all Metro banquets. Those still exist today. We are committed to creating a new high school event, and we'll just call it a, a high school DEI event or initiative. And again, this goes back to walking away from your time in the sport better than when you entered it. And in one of our common ground conversations, I had, again, this light bulb moment, sitting on these benches, listening to high school kids talk about their reality when it comes to race. And it occurred to me after one of these kids made some comment that we don't sit down and have conversations face to face. So here I am, 50 year old white guy thinking that you're going to sit on a bench and you're going to be able to accomplish something. Well, maybe maybe you and I can. But a kid in high school isn't sitting face to face with his friends. Uh, he, he or she is 
communicating, text messaging, social media channels, and all sorts of other digital ways. So how are we bringing this DEI conversation to the high school track and field and cross country community? That's what we're tackling and that's what we're looking forward to bringing to the Atlanta running community in 2021 and beyond. Wow, really, really cool. Well, you mentioned the community. Let's talk a little bit about Atlanta Track Club membership. This is always one thing I love hearing you talk about because I think we share the fact that there is not enough understanding of the value that Atlanta Track Club members get year in and year out for their membership. And I think it's pretty well documented that there are those members who have that membership to ensure their entry into the AJC Peachtree Road Race. This year is obviously a little bit different, but everything that I can tell what is not different is your seemingly undying commitment to over-deliver value to your members. So if we take out the events or at least parceling them off to talk about them one by one, and we just talk about membership in general, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're doing for your members, either inclusive of a pandemic or in general that are good reminders or that we should know about because they're relatively new. So I'll start with this statement. We, we try to sort of operate with sort of these value driven principles, meaning making sure that, that running and walking is as universally acceptable, accessible as possible. Uh, and then we layer in sort of our interest in providing premium product and services and offerings around that. So I wouldn't suggest it's a great business model to, to deliver premium at, at value pricing, um, but we are a nonprofit and that's who we are. Uh, you referenced the, the, the membership piece of this. A lot of people believe that the Peachtree drives our membership. And yes, it is a, it is a significant part of our business model. But in any given year, only about half of our members actually participate in Peachtree. The other half come to us for the community, for our free Grand Prix events, uh, for our communications like our Wingfoot magazine, uh, for, for the opportunity to just be part of the larger running community that, that is that, that we've all come to know as, as Running City USA. So we look forward to continuing to layer on benefits so that becoming a member of Atlanta Track Club is, is just a simple no-brainer. And in 2021, when we may have limited slots at the Peachtree, that value proposition is, is ever more present. Um, for your membership dollars, we can guarantee you participation in the Peachtree when there are going to be very it's very likely that we'll have less slots to choose so choose from. And we did not want the running community to feel as if we were trying to leverage the terrible that is the pandemic to drive memberships before we were ready to announce what Peachtree looked like. So normally you need to become a member by February 1st to get your guaranteed entry into Peachtree. We've blown that up in 21. So as you log on, as you go to our website and as you start to register for the Peachtree, if you are not a member and you really, really want to run, you can register as a member there and that will guarantee your slot. So Rich already mentioned Atlanta Track Club's designation is a nonprofit. So I think this is technically a PSA. So here it is. For all of you who are now part of this lifestyle, those of you who have come back or perhaps for the first time, maybe even because of the pandemic, because of that instance where your gym was not allowing visitors or some of the ways that maybe you were taking care of yourself in the past were not working out the same way they had. And now you're a runner or a walker and you're just hearing about the AJC Peachtree Road Race or somebody's telling you about it. There is so much more to the Atlanta Track Club and its membership, atlantatrackclub.org. Check it out. Do not just beeline to the AJC Peachtree Road Race information. See everything they're doing, everything they have for you and for me, because it would be a shame for you to be part of this community now, but not be part of the Atlanta Track Club membership. Rich, I saw that you guys 
are going forward with the all comers. That has always been one of those things that I thought was a cool feature that the Atlanta track club uniquely can pull off and put together. How are you planning that particular series for this summer? So I've only been here seven years, um, but I quickly recognized in year one, how important the all comer series was to, to just our history. Uh, and, and it is just this opportunity for anyone and everyone to come and participate in a track and field meet, uh, whether it's your first meet, whether you're a veteran, whether you're four years old, or, or whether you're 95 years old, uh, and, and it's all free. Uh, and it moves along very quickly over sort of a three-hour sort of, sort of schedule. We are planning, as you say, the all-comers. Uh, we do have some sites uh, in the works, but I have to be honest, one of the one of the many downsides of the pandemic has been getting access to a track and field facility. So, because if you're in the city proper, APS facilities have been closed. Private schools don't want the liability of having people running around their track. So it has been a real challenge for us finding locations to do our training programs, uh, for our elite athletes to work out at, and of course, to, to find locations for all comers. But we're confident that we'll have that all sorted by the time we get to that first week in May. That's awesome. Super cool. Well, a couple of questions before we let you go. I mentioned that we were going to do past, present, future. We've spent time in the present. Obviously, we started with the future. D2 was one of those start line, finish line, Publix Atlanta Marathon weekend. He was out there. I know many others were, but what a creative solution in terms of how you still go forward with that event, both the venue and the activation. Now that that is in the rear view, give us a little bit of a recap and perhaps a front row seat to those of us who didn't make it, me fully admitting I was one of them. What did we miss and what will you not soon forget just based on having to be so creative to actually get it done? So I'll, I'll start by saying I, I have never been to a NASCAR event. Uh, My and, goodness. Oh, man, your New England heritage is coming out big time with that. Not even a, a trip to Dover or something? No, never. So so when I when, when we did our first site visit and I, and I stepped onto the track and the infield of the track and I saw the scale of Atlanta Motor Speedway, uh, I, I quickly recognized, along with our staff, that this was the place that that we could pull off of sort of a somewhat scale Publix Atlanta Marathon Weekend. We call it Atlanta's Marathon Weekend this year. So we wanted to to safely, again, bring back racing, but in a way where we could hold a, a 5K, a half marathon, a marathon over a number of hours on on roads uh, that did not need to be closed because you can't do that. You can't you can't run those three events over 12 hours in downtown Atlanta and, and shut off the roads. We simply couldn't do that. So we were just uh, super fired up to 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 hear from Atlanta Motor Speedway that they wanted us there, uh, and we walked away at the end of that that Sunday afternoon uh, as we were riding back, pretty proud of what we pulled off. Parking was easy. Well, I, 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 I'm not totally objective on this, but generally speaking, the feedback that we got was parking was easy in and out. People love the fact that we were south of the city. We're not south of the city enough in our programming. Uh, they, they, they very much appreciated the fact that we spray painted a couple of thousand dots on, on the parking lot and in the, in the starting line staging area to make sure that you had 36 square feet around you as you were lining up to race. And, and they love the fact that, the, that they finished uh, essentially at the finish line of Atlanta Motor Speedway and got a, you know, a bucket list sort of lifetime experience type race to talk about. That's awesome. D2, anything you would say, we've gone to great lengths for you to be able to provide firsthand feedback to our friend Rich here. Anything you would comment? Well, I, I'll say that the, the parking for sure was excellent. I saw Rich out there 
helping and parking and directing traffic, not only at the start, but also uh, as we were exiting. So kudos to Rich. I was, you know, you know we've been impressed with Rich and his you know, leadership and what he contributes. I mean, he's, he's more than a team player uh, for the Atlanta Track Club. And so that was cool to, to drive in. And I wanted to wave and say hi, but he was so focused on parking and, and so many cars were there. And even when leaving, I was like, oh, I wonder where Rich is. And they're like, no, there he is. He's directing traffic, you know, it's like, and, and so it was in and out. So very cool to see that. So kudos to you, Rich, for that. Uh, it just shows kind of the, the leadership that you had there at the Atlanta Track Club. And you set a great example uh, for others. And um, yeah, I mean, I had a great time. The, it, it, it was a much easier course than the traditional, you know, publics, uh, but it was still challenging. It was not as hilly, but there were some long, gradual climbs that really took a toll. And, you know, the weather was also one of the warmest, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, publics that I can remember. And so that made it challenging as well. So, um, but it was fun to run around the track and to finish there. And, and just see the scale of, of that track. And uh, so that was cool. And, I, and you know, I think you guys did a great job. And, and when, once it was announced that it was at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, I figured this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, unless the pandemic, you know, God forbid, you know, continues and we do it a second year. But I do think that that's a once in a lifetime opportunity that we can look back and say, yep, I, I was there that one year where, you know, where we ran it out and finished on the track. And that was cool. So can and, you comment as a on that? I hope everyone sees this opportunity in 2021 as that one year where you can run Peachtree on July 3rd, if you want. Yeah. Nicely done. Way to tie back to the future. So I would imagine, Rich, that Dave's right, that you're already thinking about returning back to City of Atlanta for that event next year. But do you see doing more events like that, either in creative venues or even at the Atlanta Motor Speedway again? Yeah, so we've got you know this this traditional portfolio of events that are never going to go away. The, you know, the Decatur Decab is, is is one of our oldest you know races there uh, in in Decatur and and Atlanta's finest downtown, where where we collaborate with the Atlanta Police Department. Those are all sort of in our DNA. We'll continue to do those, but the running community wants experience. They want something different. They want something fresh. So we're always looking to to tie in experience with health and fitness. So I think you'll see a lot more uh, of sort of these outside the box. I know that's cliche outside the box type events in our portfolio going forward as a result of the experiences that we had as organizers uh, fighting through the pandemic in terms of trying to find a way to bring programming to the market. Wow. Sweet. All right. I'm going to finish on this track. In fact, D2 didn't know how good he was setting me up to be able to do this. He mentioned your, leadership by example. So let's talk a little bit about leadership. Let's talk a little bit about what you learned there where maybe pandemic related or induced, but a lesson for you nonetheless in terms of, wow, we can do some of these things, create a great experience and be better for it because we could use this knowledge in the future productively when we're past the pandemic. So first, as a leader, as someone who not only has a team around him, but also a number of activities that you personally are so interested in seeing them reach their potential. As you look at the last 12 or so months, what's a lesson or two for your own leadership that you would say, man, it's been maybe difficult, but valuable, and that you would share with the rest of us so we might also learn from your 2020 and so far this year? Quite simply, know and own what you don't know. Mm. So in those early months, early weeks and early months of the pandemic, we as an organization, I as a director, and organizations like ours around the country just made bets. We made, we made bets on where we thought the pandemic was going to land. Uh, and we were all wrong. Uh, and, and I wish if, if I could sort of take back some some actions in, from 2021, it, it would be own right away in March and April, so a year ago now, what we don't know. Uh, and what I have found is when you own that, the community, the running community appreciates the fact that you're providing transparency in how you see things and how you're making decisions. I think we did a reasonably good job 
but we made too many best guesses that just ended up wrong in terms of how to reschedule Peachtree in 2020. Man, I love it. Own what you don't know. I would imagine whether inside or outside of a pandemic, there will still be plenty that as leaders, we just don't know. So I love that lesson for me and, and for others. Rich, before we let you go, what are you doing to make sure you get the most out of your year? What's something that you're kind of excited about, independent of these events, independent of the Atlanta Track Club, independent of the pressure and the possibilities we've talked about? Tell us about you. What's something somebody should know that you're doing to ensure that, yes, you're also taking good care of yourself? I run the, I run the same 10K loop three times a week from my house, and it goes – it goes fairly close to to town Brookhaven, but right, 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 almost right in front of one of your one of your doors there. Uh, and I am trying my darndest to improve every time I run it. Uh, and Father Time is winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not improving, but I, but I'm I'm slowing down less. So 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 that's what you should know. I, I'm I'm fighting Father Time. I'm losing but I'm giving it a good battle. Father time knows he has a fight on his hands and you will not go easy or willingly. Well said. Well, listen, my friend, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. It cannot be said often enough how much we appreciate everything you do for the running, for the walking, for the fitness, and for the overall community that is Atlanta and the surrounding area. You are a gift for sure. We appreciate everything you're working on and everything you've done. And we will do this again if you all allow us. Right back at you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. D2, as you know, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this brief message. At Big Peach Running Company, we take pride in listening to your needs. We take into account the shape of your feet, previous injuries, and activity level to guide you to comfortable shoes for your feet. Whether you're a runner, walker, fitness enthusiast, or simply need comfortable shoes to wear. We offer the best customer experience in the friendliest environment. It's no wonder we've been voted one of the best running stores in America by our fans. Visit any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free fit assessment and video gate analysis. Go to bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast. D2, I will not lie to you or to anyone. That felt really good. It was awesome that Rich was first. Got me back in the swing of things of doing this. It was fun to have that conversation. Another deep breath. And I think we're back at it, my friend. But what was really cool is even after we turned off the mic, the conversation continued. And I think he did a great job of emphasizing the Atlanta Track Club's commitment to absolutely creating the safest environment possible for the AJC Peachtree Road Race and everything that the Atlanta Track Club does. You said it before we started that we are starting to see things come back around. And I think every race director, race beneficiary, and those who are involved in events like that share his sentiments that it's just a requirement to take that safety so seriously. But I do want to share this as we transition off this topic is after the microphone was off. Rich did tell us, I thought this was fascinating, D2, that to ensure that it is utmost relative to safety, they may actually require a vaccination or proof of a negative test. And they are using what I think might be somewhat relatively new possibilities to ensure that happens. There is an antigen test that they have access to. It's not a PCR test. For those of you who are with the CDC or know what all that means, great. For those of you who don't and are curious, look it up. Two terms. I'll give you antigen, PCR, two different types of testing. I'm not the guy who you want explaining the difference. But an antigen test would be given to all registrants, and they would be able to then use their phone, use technology to submit that negative test before the race begins so that you can almost be assured that at least at some point in the very, very recent past, everyone who tows one of those wave starts has taken a vaccine or had a negative test. Pretty cool, D2. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing that Rich, you know, even prior to the pandemic, you know, um, you know, they have always kind of coordinated with different agencies, um, whether it's, you know, law enforcement or, you know, even, you know, city, you know, government. And and now I think it's, you know, CDC and health officials that they're also communicating. So they will adjust their plans as needed. Um, and I think that's great because it, I think things are changing, you know, sometimes on a day-to-day basis based on what's being, you know, announced. And I think it will require some adjustment uh, on some things. And hopefully, you know, there isn't a surge where, you know, right now we're kind of seeing reports that there may be just because of the way that some places may be loosening restrictions a little too soon and people may be getting a little too cavalier. Um, so I think there, you know, just being able to uh, adjust and to pivot and to make adjustments and, um, you know, always with the mind that they want a, a, a safe and fun experience for everyone that participates. Yep, indeed. Speaking of safe, fun experiences, we are doing a hybrid training program for this race. It is on for sure. D2, Coach D2, that is. Why don't you give us the details for this year's 10K summer training program because it is on, my friend, thanks to you. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we started this last year and we wanted to do it in person and then the pandemic hit and we went to virtual. So we are still in that virtual type of capacity right now where we're not promoting anything as large groups. We are having, uh, our stores are having group runs and social runs. Um, but you know, we're still practicing social distancing. Please ask, asking everyone to please wear a mask while in the store. You know, once you're out on your run, you can remove your mask, um, you know, and maintain your distance. So we are still, you know, um, doing the program virtually that program, um, you know, you can register for it right now. The it's an eight week training program that starts on May 10th. That'll take you all the way to the 4th of July weekend. So whether it's the AJC Petrie road race or some other 5k or 10k, you can easily sign up for this. And, you know, even though the program is listed at a summer 10K, you know, if you're doing a 5K because, you know, that's kind of where you're at and you don't feel like you're ready for a 10K, that's fine. Sign up and then just whatever the distance is on the program, just cut that in half. So, you know, this is our way, once again, of making sure that you guys are supported during this time period because many of you are um, are starting out for the first time based on because of the pandemic and, and working from home, maybe you have more time and maybe you've made um, being active and healthier a priority. So we want to support you uh, in doing this. You don't have to sign up for an actual race. This could be just a program that you do just to, you know, get you ready and just to kind of, you know, maybe challenge yourself to do a little bit more distance and maybe put a little bit more structure um, so you see a little bit more improvement. So by all means, sign up for it. Um, and, you know, as we kind of see things happen, we'll look at, kind of, you know, whether we will do any truly group runs and organized group runs um, as we get kind of closer to you know May 10th we'll evaluate that and maybe even pass that and we'll see whether we do anything more organized from our stores uh, at that point so um, we do have that program like I said and then you know currently right now we do have a training program for um, Velo City. Velo City is, uh, we partner up with them. This raises uh, money for the frontline workers at Grady Hospital. Um, and, you know, we have a, they, or they are, ha- they have, uh, you know, whether you, you r- run, walk, bike, this, that's what this event is about. So there's a 5k, uh, trail run, a nine mile trail run. And these are not like technical trails. These are like gravel type paths. So it's off road more than I would say truly technical trails, um, rolling hills nothing uh, too too difficult and at the same time if you're cycling they've got all the distances I think anywhere from a 10 mile to a hundred mile um, ride and the the course out there is is really nice it's a beautiful area on a, a farm down in Chattahoochee Hills um, you know large space and you know the there's areas there where that are have been used for some of the Marvel movies, including um, Wakanda and uh, Avengers Endgame. So the large battle scenes uh, were 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 shot there. I think some of the huts from Wakanda are still on the property. I was there just the other day and saw them. And then um, Tony Stark's house, where you know he lived um, uh, in Infinity War and and and, and Endgame. Um, that's on this property as well. And you do get to run by it. So if you're kind of in that realm of kind of a bit of a movie buff, you know, you can actually be out there and they'll actually have a kind of kids fun run where they'll encouraging people to dress up in their favorite superhero costume. And you could probably go out there and pose and and do all that. Um, But yeah, I'm signed up for the 
for the uh, the the 100k. So I'll be training on the bike, but I'm also training uh, and providing training for those that are doing the 5k and the nine mile. Uh, and that event takes place on May 1st. So there's time to sign up. Um, and if you can't sign up, but you want to help out Grady, you can always go to the site velocityatlanta.com and donate. Awesome. And we'll put that in our show notes as well. Frontline workers are superheroes in our book, D2. For those of you that go to that link and do get registered, we want to see you out there for sure. Please do take a moment to track us down. We will be looking for you, both D2 and I will be out there on May 1st. Kudos to everyone who has gotten us to this point where we can now look out across the bow and see brighter days ahead for sure. D2, it's been a pleasure being back on the airwaves with you. Thank you for everything you've done. You use the term support, whether through the coaching that you've done this year and continue to do, or the skills you bring to the Run ATL podcast. It is very much appreciated, my friend. And of course, one more time, all of you out there for everything you've done for me personally, for us organizationally, we can never say thank you often or deeply enough. It has mattered so much. We appreciate you. We also look forward to getting back in to our cadence. We will prove that once again, every two weeks is the right way to do this. So please join us in just a couple of weeks. In the meantime, nothing has changed so much that we would not tell you this to be true. We believe and we know that for all of us, it is appropriate for our best miles for those indeed to be covered on foot. So long, everybody. We'll be right back.